Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you that we're in the house of God. Thank you that we're at a gathering amongst those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Your people, Lord, listening to your word that's driven by your spirit. Father, by men of God who fear the Lord. Now use your word this morning, Lord, to bring compelling conviction, transformation in our lives, Lord. That we not be the same after this day, Lord. We pray, Father God, that December 10th will be pivotal in decisions that are deliberate in your direction. We want to be in the kingdom of God for eternity. You have purchased us from sin, from selfishness, from death and destruction. You've made us alive through Jesus Christ. We pray that you bless your word, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts, that would bring forth good fruit and a harvest that glorifies your name, Lord, and that you would make us instrumentalities, Lord, for the salvation of many, those that are around us, family and friends, that we wish they not end up outside of the kingdom, outside of eternity. Father, we pray in Jesus' time that you open up our eyes and that you, Father God, circumcise our hearts and awaken us through your spirit to make you a priority in our life, preparation for the last days, that our eyes would be opened, O oh God, to see, to discern, to be able to witness, O oh God, what you have promised, even as Jesus' arrival upon the earth did not surprise you or overtake you, Lord. But at the time and season that you determined, Jesus came to the world, born of a woman. And that's what we celebrate during Christmas, Lord. So let us have the same spirit of those wise men that prepared and were ready for his coming. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. There it is in Galatians 4.4. 4. Where it says, in God's predetermined time, when everything was set and prepared in God's uh, time clock. He has a time and a season. When the fullness of time had come, that's a period of time that, that is predetermined and set by God. I, I suggest that you set your calendar to God's calendar. On God's calendar, it says, this is the day that God has made for us to rejoice and be glad. That's God's calendar. If you read somebody else's calendar, it'll say, uh, life is a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. If you're, you're setting your calendar according to some other philosophy, you are taken away. You, you drift. Today is the day of salvation. Some men will say, no, tomorrow, I'm not ready yet. Well, the Bible's calendar says today is the day for you to get right with God. So when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. So I just, I, it's a blessing to align yourself up with God's time frame. Don't do anything prematurely don't delay obedience because delayed obedience is disobedience you miss out what God has for you uh, your prayer during the last days is God um, adjust and fine-tune my calendar to yours so that we're on the same page so then 
We, we see these men who did that in Matthew chapter 2. When Jesus was born, he was born exactly in God's time frame. Matthew chapter 2 verse 1. It says, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king. There's all sorts of political stuff that is taking place on the landscape on the earth. There's kings. There's uh, government. And then there's these wise men that came from the east towards Jerusalem. And they came with the purpose of worshiping the real king. And that got Herod a little bit upset. Verse 2. Saying, where is he who has been the, uh, who has who shall be born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. So your time, and, and this is the healthiest format that you can have, is set your time to worship Jesus first. Because when you worship Jesus first, everything is included. It's a package deal. This is where you see. Kenny's life from a young age, Jesus is first. It did not bring problems to his getting married, to him having children, to him having business and finances and serving the Lord. When Jesus is first, everything falls in place. When you start playing around and you put you first, then you're out of whack with God's timing. So put God first and everything will fall in place. And so God's timing was right and proper. He has predetermined all things created. All things created have a time frame. And so you should get on God's timeline. Through his angels, his, the spirit of God moved upon the earth. And the fulfillment of all his sovereign plans. The beautiful design of his perfect splendor. God um, uh, Ecclesiastes 3 verse 11 he says he makes all things beautiful in his time everything he's made is beautiful if it fulfills God's time frame uh, a lot of people uh, miss out the times and the seasons they miss out and that's the most terrible existence upon the earth they, they miss out God's time frame so as we prepare to celebrate these last couple of days in 2017, as we see a lot of people doing a lot of things, very few people are on God's timeline and celebrating Christ. And so there it is. We, we had said it this week. Um, people like the devil, Revelations 12, 12, we had said this on Wednesday, that the devil... Knows his time is short. He, he wants to wreak havoc upon the earth. So it says, therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Rejoice, be glad. Those people sit in the heavenly places on God's timeline. It's a matter of rejoicing. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth uh, and the sea. For the devil has come down to you having great wrath. Expression of Satan's nature is great wrath, and it says because he knows that he has a short time. He has a short time. Uh, those of us that, that are living according to God's timeline, we know we have the perfect time. We're, we're living time and seasons. We're not rushing ahead. We're not falling behind, and, and we're not 
uh, wanting to live another experience of life. And this season is a great season. And we rejoice in every season God has established in our hearts. It's settled. But the devil is trying to advance quickly to do his work upon the earth. And so in his desire to disrupt the plan of God, I'm just going to give a, a little example in Matthew chapter 2, verse 16. And Jesus is coming for the perfect rescue of all souls, to save all souls. The strategic design of Satan is to entangle man to destroy the works of God. And it said, when Herod saw that he was deceived by the wise men, he grew exceedingly angry. This is Herod who's upset because he missed out trying to find Jesus. And he sent forth and put to death all the boy children who were in Bethlehem in every district from age two and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. So you have God in his time fulfilling the role of God, and you have Satan and his agents trying to disrupt the order and preparation of God. You got two, two kingdoms clashing. And, and so one of them always outwits the other. And that's, I want to suggest that's Jesus. Jesus is always outwitting the devil. That's why you don't want to move if it's not in God's time. He tells you times and seasons. But this guy, he, he ordered the death of all these young boys. And that is the devil's plight to bring terror, to bring worry, anxiety. That's the climate of the last days. To bring fear in God's economy, his, his, his ability to put things in order and to establish all things, there's things that will make for strong salvation, strong deliverance. Uh, suggestions in the Bible is make sure that you have fervent love in the last days. We're not talking about lust. We're not talking about... Um, romantic desire, but, but that you would have something that would compel your life to move in the direction of love because the devil cannot, cannot entice you and seduce you in the wrong direction. So there's all manner of things that he wants to bring. We were reading uh, Luke chapter 21. Um, where there's all manner of fear in the last day's report, uh, if, if I, I refuse to listen to secular media anymore um, because it seems to me that every story is a terrifying story. Um, I don't know if you remember a, a couple years ago the Ebola virus and they said you can't fly. And if you fly, don't go to the, to the bathroom stalls because you're going to get Ebola. And I was like, ah! I was freaking out, and, and then they don't talk about it no more. Why? Because it was all a bunch of hype. It's a bunch of lies. It was, there was no truth in those, in those worries. So here, and when the disciples tell Jesus, Jesus, give us a couple of pointers of what's going to happen in the last days. What, what will be the proof of the end times? Um, I'm going to read that. This is Luke 21. And it's verse 7. 
So they asked him, saying, Teacher, but what will these things be? When will these things be? And what sign will there be when these things are about to take place? And he said, Take heed that you not be deceived. So the, the, the climate in the last days is deception. Verse 8. When they say, what is going to be the symptoms of the last days? He says, take heed that no one deceive you. I was talking to my cousin yesterday, and he goes, cuz, I'm going to tell you I love you with my life, but I don't trust you. I don't trust you to be my pastor. And I was like, wow, that's, that's deep, man. He goes, there's been so many, I've been hurt so many times by so many other men that you're my cousin. I said, you're, you're telling me that if you were to die right now and your sons, your son and daughter needed a spiritual guide, that's not me? He goes, no, 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 I guess, I guess that's not what I mean. But I go, look, I understand that we've been so stricken in our lifetime from every direction. If, you're, if your own father abandons you, how is your pastor not going to abandon you? If your own brother betrays you. So what the devil has formulated in the last days is no one trusts anybody. In fact, my Bible says, I think it's Matthew 12, 25, that in the last days the love of many will grow cold. What? Let's, let's look for that verse real quick. It says, um, super, let's go to verse 24 real quick. The last days will be a climate of deception Nobody will trust anybody. Everybody will be like on his own. Um, our best friends are on Facebook, right? Those are the people we could trust. They follow you. Absolutely not. It's virtual reality. I had a guy that I haven't seen for 10 years. It's my birthday. He says, I love you. You love me. You're right down the street. You never say hi. How do you love me? You don't love me. Um, 2412? There you go. Thank you, guys. He says, because of lawlessness, because things will be out of whack, chaos. Lawlessness is a, is a term. Imagine everybody on the highway doing whatever they wanted. What Kenny's family saw yesterday was the Spirit of God. Everybody in order. And, and that's why his father, if you take 150 of your friends to somebody's ranch, they'll trash it. And they'll say, listen to me, this is the last time you could ever use our ranch. Not when the Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God is attractive. It's orderly. You can see the wisdom of God. But in the last days, everything will be up on its edge, upside down. And the love of many will grow cold. There's not going to be a relationship of love. The opposite of love is lust. There's a lot of that going around. So in the last days, the climate will be one that everything, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I just, again, this is, I'm going to start putting things one by one in order. The, the first one that wrecks everything is selfishness. 2 Timothy 3.1 says the last days will be perilous times. It will, that word peril Talks about danger. Know this that in the last days, dangerous times will come, treacherous times. 
will be the climate. Deceptive, treacherous. Why? Verse 2. Because men will be lovers of themselves. You know why a young girl cannot get married nowadays? Because men love themselves more than they do the women they want to marry. And all the women say, amen, absolutely. They, they, they're into themselves. Into themselves. They're investing in themselves. And then the first expression to be a self-lover is your interest will be in money. That's, look at what it says, lovers of money. So in the last days, there's two things that you want to destroy. Self, and, and there it is right there. I'm going to point to it. He who doesn't take up his cross and deny himself cannot be my disciple. So the way that God deals with that in our life to destroy self, not what I want, not when I want, not where I want. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm not, I'm not following my desire because my desire is contrary to the desires of others. I get in the way. And so lovers of themselves, the, the, the cross is, is principle. It's primary. It's priority. If, if the people in the last days don't have a solid sense of the cross of Jesus Christ, I don't know if you remember um, it was, it was September, I believe, 4th. It was uh, Sunday. I, I preached that message here, and that's when my eye went weary. It was go to the cross. Go to the cross and crucify self. Get rid of yourself. The, the most miserable people on the earth are selfish people. They have no one. They lose their wives, they lose their children, they lose their relationships, they lose their family, they lose their sons. We're not to have a selfish spirit. Preparation for the last days is, is get rid of yourself because yourself will consume. The prodigal son came running to dad. He says, listen, I need to be saved. From who? Who's, who's hurting you? He goes, me. Every opinion I have, every desire I have, every want that I have, it, it's a chupacabra in Spanish. It's a parasite. It, it, it's, it, it destroys self. But one of, the, 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 one of the, the gifts of God to destroy self for a man is marriage. Because now marriage, you can't think of yourself. You're thinking about your wife's needs first. Oh, no, my mom doesn't let me. My mom doesn't let me love my wife, serve my wife, call my wife. I was telling my wife on the way to, to, to church today, you know what my number one role in life is? To make you happy. Woo, that's my calling. That's my calling to make that woman happy. Every time somebody sees her, they say, man, you're so young. You don't age. Of course not. Look at me. <laughs> of course not. She's not supposed to age. I'm supposed to age. Selfishness is the number one cause of destruction to man. And so in the last days, you see how the devil is making man more and more and more selfish. Serving the satanic trilogy, trinity, me, myself, and I. 
What I want for breakfast, what I want for lunch, what I want for dinner, what I want for vacation, what I want when I wake up, when I go to sleep, when I'm dreaming, what I want, what I want. What, you're a miserable person. James 3.16 says that's the atmosphere of Satan. Satanic realm where there is self-seeking. Self-seeking. All manner of confusion exists there. Every evil spirit is contrived by those people that look for themselves. My brother, a psychiatrist, he says, that my patients, all they think of, they're self-absorbed. It's, self, it's all about them. All about them. They don't have time for family. They don't have time for marriage. They don't have time for fathering and parenting. Me, 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 me. That's a favorite hymn of hell. Me, 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 me. It's all about me. Me, me, me. I, I can't believe this, this generation, and this is, this is all official already. In past generations, people took portraits of family. They're like, come on, let's take a, let's take a picture for like generations so that they could see us. And then this generation comes up and they, they say the big selfie. You're like, really? You want to show everybody your booty? You're a sicko. You're a sicko. But it's a self-absorbed populace. Self-absorbed. You, you in the last days need to run to Jesus and learn his character. He didn't think of his own. He put other priorities first. That the spirit of God is the only one that does that. It's, it's, it says that it can't even be you. It needs to be Jesus inside of you who is expressing this nature. Because at the end of the day, the truth be told... Nobody cares about nobody but me. If I don't take care of me, who's going to take care of me? And that, that is the, the generation we live in. And it's horrific. And it goes against everything that God created in family. Selfishness damages relationships. Say it with me. Selfishness. Damages relationships. So the, in order to defeat Satan's el impulso, the, the, the synergy that's taking us forward into the pit of hell, if you want to contradict and go against that synergy, begin to deny yourself. It's not about you. <laughs> it's not about you. You want to see a super sad mother or mother-in-law, tell them it's not about them. That's suicidal words. It's like, what do you mean it's not about me? I thought that, what, what did I do wrong that I'm not the center of the universe? My son said the belly button of the universe. You're not. Get that past you or it's going to bring you down in the last days. Great, great spirits of depression will come upon those people that, that want the 
to practice the art of self-preservation. It's all about them. The number one advice that secular psychiatrists give people that are depressed, go and do something for somebody. Please, get, get off of what you're thinking about you. Get, get those thoughts out of your life. Take them captive and obedient to Christ. I, I really uh, want, let's go ahead and go there first. First um, John chapter 4, verse 17. This aspect of fear that drives self-preservation is destroyed by love. If you're loving other people, you don't have time to concern yourself with you. 1 John 4.17, love is being perfected among us. Obviously, we're not there yet. Uh, th th there's no expression of selflessness in man yet. There, there, there are bits we're moving in that direction through the Spirit of God. But love has been perfected among us in this, that we have boldness in the last days. Well, right before we go before God, we're going to have confidence because it hasn't been about us. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Verse 18. Love has a manner. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Fear involves torment. But he who fears, he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So in the last days, laying down yourself for the benefit of others deals with the fear and the anxiety that's going to capture a lot of men's hearts in the last days. The terrorizing aspect, if, if, if you can keep somebody scared... You, you have them in your hand. But, but if you're saying that the love that is poured out from God repels a spirit of fear. Uh, what can man do to me? If God is for me, who can be against me? If, if the spirit of God is strong in me, I don't need to protect me. Um, in the last couple of days, I've told a lot of people, do, do, do yourself a favor and let God repay. Take it, quit protecting yourself. Let God protect you. He says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So when somebody's picking a fight with me and they're coming, I said, listen, go ahead and, and do it as long as God allows you to mess with me. Because in one second of time, God's going to flush you down the toilet bowl. You're going to end up in hell. Don't mess with God's people. He doesn't allow people to mess with his own. So the best thing you could do is say, go ahead and, and continue to abuse me. Continue to take advantage because in just one second, it's all over. God's going to come and he's going to do justice because that's what he does. God is awesome in that way. So his love protects us from fear. We don't have to be involved in, in, in defending ourselves. And the devil wants that in the last days. He wants to get you involved in being terrorized, being the victim. There's no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. And then we see that, that verse 20, if someone says they love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. You, you can't profess the love that God has when you are not manifesting that in the direction how can he love God whom he's not seen when he's despising his brother whom he has seen? 
Uh, one of the, the, the places this is most practiced is in church. This is a place, listen to me, every expression of humankind, and it's messy, it's messy, relational scenarios are, are super opportunity to be offended, to be hurt, to be overlooked, to be minimized. In this, this atmosphere, to be connected to a church, it starts pulling on different aspects of who, challenging your capacity to love others. When you're hurt and despised and, and not, not counted with. This is, this is where the family of God is produced. In the last days, uh, the, the, I'll, I'll go to that verse. It says that just like in the days of Noah, we're going to go there. Luke 17, 26. And I got to hurry up. I got 30 seconds. But I have 30 more minutes worth of stuff. But let's see what happens. In the last days, it will also be like in the days of Noah. As it was in the days of Noah, how many know the story of Noah? Okay, the flood came and took all those that were out of alignment. So it will be in the days of the Son of Man. So it's going to describe what that was. Verse 27. As in the days of Noah, they ate and they drank. Uh, I want to suggest that that, that is a serious uh, scenario. Um, this eating and drinking, it's not like they were trying to survive, but they were given over to a celebrative motive um, to, in their abundance, there no need of God. That, that some people says, man, when, when you're stripped for things, that's when you come to God. Look, the most dangerous time in your life is not when you're needy. It's when God is giving you everything because you don't have to come to church. You don't have to go seek God. When, when you have an abundance, you got to be careful because your abundance will lead you away from God. That's what Europe has done. Europe says, we don't need God. We, we're rich. We have all that we need. So, so they moved away from their relationship from God and they become agnostic and atheist and, and super secular humanist. Because when God is good to us, we, de we begin to desert. We're not sick. We're not hungry. We got everything. So in the, the climate of the days of Noah was things were available in abundance. So they not only concentrated on self, eating and drinking, but they married and gave into marriage. What's that mean? They did not honor the marriage vows. They were given into marriage. They married wives, and then they, they swapped wives. They swapped relationships. I was, I was looking yesterday uh, at this new sitcom called The Modern Family. How in a Christian nation do they put two men for half hour in a program talking about man-on-man -man relationships and raising up an adopted child? And I couldn't believe my eyes. The level of debauchery and depravity we have fallen to, and now they're showing it to our kids like if it's normal. So you see lust has overfilled its cup, and it's flowing over. And so these things about selfishness and wrecked relationships are the climate of the days of Noah until the day Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. 
And I've had many friends tell me, you think that God's going to destroy the entire world and just keep a few of you Christians alive? I said, yeah, he's already done it once. He's already done it once. One whole entire generation and civilization, men, women, and children were wiped away and a remnant was kept from the judgment of God. And so the same thing in the last days. And, and when we hang around with people that don't have the spirit of God, they're not going to tell you this. They're going to tell you, eat, drink, and be merry. Let's rejoice. Let's, let's enter into marriage vows and let's break marriage vows until the flood came and took them all away. Verse 28, likewise, in also in the days of Lot, they ate and they drank. Again, a sign of, of abundance. They bought... They purchased and they sold. They planted and they built. Some people that are involved in, now we don't like the currency anymore because they're about to put a one world currency. So we'll make up our own Bitcoin, the digital currency. And now Amazon, Amazon will sell you stuff using Bitcoins. And that digital virtual reality, I want to say something, that doesn't exist. It's not real. But people are buying it in millions of millions of dollars. And they don't understand that just like currency is going to disappear. And I have a verse for those people. The time will come where no one will be able to buy and sell unless you have a mark. So you're not putting stuff in a Bitcoin currency world of marketing. So you could bypass the crash and the fall of monetary systems on the earth. This is man trying to wiggle out of the word of God. Well, now we're, we're safe because all our money is into this. Listen, you're not safe until you're filled with the spirit of God. And you're abiding under his shadow and you're living the word of God. And you don't have any reserves. Um, the last days will, verse, people will be into their... Stuff, verse 29. But on the day that Lot went out from Sodom, when the righteous are removed... It, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Verse 30, even so will be the day when the Son of Man is revealed. The last days, uh, we're getting ready for Christmas. We're, it's, everything's good. Listen, I don't want Jesus to come and I'm singing jingle bells. I don't want to be missing out with God's time frame, with his calendar. I'm not, I'm, there's no spirit of fear, but there's a wisdom of preparation. The devil wants me to concentrate on self. I'm going to deny myself. The devil wants me to get into money. I'm going to, I'm going to be faithful with what God puts in my hand with my money. Because my Bible reads in that same chapter, verse 34, where you have made your treasure, your affections are there. Wherever you have set your attention, and these guys are, are methodical into, no, because I got just the right amount of money, and it's over there, and the devil doesn't know about it. Shh, don't tell them. And they think that they're thinking, no, where your treasure is, that's where you're mounting your defense. Is that the verse? Chapter 12, verse 34, Luke 12, 34. So it will be. That when the Son of Man, all these things will come to place. We started 11.34, but I said 12.34. Where your treasure is. The question today in the house of God, where is your priority? Where is your invested relationships? 
Is it in the kingdom? Is it the people of God? Is it friendships that love Jesus? Or you're going to be... Years ago, a little girl was going into the university, and she says, I'm going to become a, a sorority girl. I'm going to become a sorority girl. But I'm not going to do what sorority girls do. I go, really? You're going to be the only one out of 150 sorority girls that doesn't drink and doesn't have sex. Wow, guess what all the fraternity boys are going to want? To get you drunk and to have sex with you. You'll be the only one. So why will we be in an atmosphere of selfishness, of broken relationships, of betrayal, of seeking monetary interest? Where is your treasure? Because that's where your affections are going to be also. I don't know what it what must have cost Lot to, to sit there and say, I'm going to lose my daughters. I'm going to lose my daughters because they're in relationship with, with these boys that are mocking my relationship with God. The Bible says when Lot tried to tell his son-in-laws, let's get out of here, fire is going to fall from heaven. They started laughing at him. How about you and your friends when you tell them you're going to get serious with Jesus? What is their response? You, a Jesus freak? And, and then you were in church this morning, so the Spirit of God is on you, and you know that it's bearing witness with your spirit that these things are real. This is not fake stuff. This is not, this, we're not going to miss this stuff. God's going to reveal to his people so they escape. He spoke to Noah, who prepared an ark and was able to escape. So he's prepared for us Jesus Christ, the salvation. So we deny self and deny monetary ambition. Our, our things aren't in the love of money. I'm overwhelmed with the conversations. Uh, one year, must have been 2013, 2014, I counted how many pyramid schemes and get-rich schemes came across my desk. There were 16. Monavi, Monava. Amway, Amwa, all these things of people, oh, this is the way, this is the way to make sure that in your old age you're taken care of. Guess who takes care of me in my old age? God. The faithfulness of God. The blessing of the Lord makes one wealthy and adds no sorrow. So I don't want the world's way of taking care of me. Derek Prince says a lot of people got 501Ks, 601Fs, and 301Ps. And I have Nicholas, Joshua, Brandon, and, and Christina. My retirement system is investing in the lives of others. When I'm an old man, I got people all over the world taking care of this old man. Because I've laid down my life for, for other people. And there's another system that is filled with the Spirit of God. But cursed is the man who trusts in himself. Curse is a man who trusts in the systems of man and not on God. So these last days, it's talking about denying self, denying uh, broken relationships. I, I want to ask you, who are you faithful to? Who are you faithful to? Oh, pastor, if I see one second that you're not on fire for Christ, I'm going to another church. Listen to me. I want to go to another church and you stay here. How about that? That's a good trade. Because in the last days, nobody's faithful to anybody. You talk to any one young person today, and they would have had five pastors in their lifetime. Uh, last year, 300 pastors committed suicide. 
So if the pastors are committing suicide, what's to happen to the people? Because they get caught up in extramarital affairs. Because the devil is able to accuse them. Everything we're seeing in Hollywood today with all the sexual depravity is the devil entangling the hearts of men into perversion. Into things that are not healthy. And if we're going to be delivered in the last days, we need to discern the times. Luke 12, 54. Jesus got very angry at his followers because they said, when is these things going to take place? And he says, you guys are a bunch of hypocrites. Luke 12, 56. If you can look up to the horizon and you can discern the face of the times, you can look up to the sky and see the earth, but how is it that you do not discern the time? How could you not know the climate we're living in? We're living in some horrible, selfish times. Uh, people want to marry, those men that want to marry other men is because they can't serve a wife. They don't know how to love a woman. They, they, in a TV, television program that says, Mr. Molina, what do you have against a man that marries another man? What do you, you, are, you have gay phobia? You're homophobic? I said, no. Then, then what is it you're saying? I said, the only way that we can teach our children how to love a woman is by giving them an example. As my children see my relationship with my wife, they could get married and do the same thing. They could follow my example to make their wives happy, to have peace and joy, to serve their families, not to be served. You hypocrites, you can see the sky and know the times. How is it that you do not discern the times you live in? How is it that you don't understand? Right after he calls them hypocrites and says, because it's all the preparation for the last days. And they said, well, how are we going to know when it's to get ready? Because everybody wants to get ready, right? We all want to get ready. He says, how do we know we're supposed to get ready? He says, you hypocrites, can't you tell the climate and the atmosphere? And then it says in verse 57, how you treat others will prepare you for his coming. Even yourselves, do you not judge what is right? Can't you measure these things? Verse 58, when you go with your adversary to get judged, make every effort to get along and settle matters before you get dragged before the judge. Who will deliver you from that authority when the authority throws you into prison? Verse 59, I tell you, you shall not depart from there till you paid every last penny. If we can't get along in relationships now before Jesus comes, you're going to get into heaven? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think that God is welcoming selfish people into the kingdom. And all of a sudden, once you get to heaven, you're going to be uh, laying down your life for others. You're not perfecting love. Revelation 13, 17 says in the, that time, There'll be a season coming where people will not be able to buy or sell unless they have a monetary system. Verse 17. Revelation 13, 17. No one will be able to buy and sell except those who have the mark. Those of you that are putting a lot of money into bank accounts that do not concern the kingdom and the the purposes of God, don't, don't fool yourselves. You're not gonna, the, the devil's not going to make an exception for you and put you outside of a monetary system where you're going to be able to enjoy your selfishness. Um, 
selfish people, people out of relationships, people that love money, people that, whose passions are stuck on earthly things, where Jesus says in, I think it's Colossians 3, verse 5, set your affections on things above. Set your affections on things above. Put to death the members upon the earth. Everything that, 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 that entangles you, weaves you. Uh, they said the biggest curse in Russia were the Mexican soap operas. Listen to this. The biggest destruction in Russia was Mexican soap operas. Why? Because Russians didn't even know you could have five wives until they started seeing the Mexican soap operas. They started cheating on their wives. They started having lovers. They started ch cheating on their family. And it, it brought down an entire nation by what was corrupt, what was being shipped out to Russia. And I, I believe that, that the language was translated, but it was a curse on that nation. Let's stand this morning. As, as we talk about these things, I, I really want you, you know, don't concern yourselves with the great multitude um, the verses I have here when Jesus says in Luke 12, 15, that like the times of Noah, the next thing he steps on is take heed of yourselves that you not be covetousness. Beware, take heed and beware of covetousness. The, to covet is to want what you don't have. To desire what's not yours. And in the last days, the devil's going to be occupying men in that reality. They're going to be pulled by passions. And he says, for life does not consist of the abundance of the things you possess. One of the things that we learn in the spirit of God that I rejoice when you have what I don't have. I don't need what you have. God's been faithful to you. God's been faithful to me. I enjoy your prosperity. You enjoy my prosperity. There's not a semblance of, I want what they have. Why do they have and I don't have? That kills a man. And that betrays confidence. That betrays the spirit of God in you. Life does not consist of the things we possess. In fact, I want to suggest that, that one of the greatest things that could ever happen to you is that instead of you having things... The things that have you release you so you can serve the Lord. See the difference? I don't have time to serve God, Pastor. You got the, you're, you're occupying your, your time wrongly. I don't have time to, to, to give God my best. Well, you better start rearranging your time. One of, one of my life's pursuits for 34 years is I said, when Jesus comes back, I want to make sure that I'm doing what he wants me to be doing. Because what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? What if my souls are intertwined and, and, and all entangled and passed through and through with, with desires that are not God's desires, with wealth and treasure that's not what he considers wealth and treasure? Father, give us a repentant heart this morning to turn back to you. Even as we prepare for Christmas during this season and as we close out this year, 2017, we come fondly aware of your time clock, your seasons, your desires for us.
that we would keep our souls from being entangled in selfishness and love of money and the pursuit of materialism, that we begin to deny ourselves, serve others, get into marriage, start families, concern ourselves about children. These are the things that you esteem. These are the things of great value and glory in your eyes. And this world is blind and Satan has blinded this world and has led them towards destruction. So we pray that we would be those that are delivered by your grace, by your truth, by denying ourselves and loving others and serving in the house of God and serving your interests to save lost souls. We pray that your spirit would govern our steps in these days, that we would not be getting into financial debt because of materialism and purchasing and adding things we don't need to impress people we don't know. We pray, Father God, that you have mercy on us and save us from ourselves. Save us from lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. That your, your church would be a safe haven. That it would be a safe place, Lord, to grow up with peace and joy, without fear, abounding in love, serving one another. As we see your coming, approaching, and drawing near, Lord. For we're closer today than when we first believed. We give you thanks for salvation. We give you thanks for healing. We give you thanks for the testimonies of the healings that took place on Wednesday night, Lord, where you touched our lives and brought healing to us. Allow our hearts to not be taken in the direction that is contrary to your spirit. Allow your word to be a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path and break the chains, O oh God that your anointing would break the yoke, that we not be pursuing carnal, worldly, earthly things, but the things that are on, on, on at your coming is near, Lord. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. And we pray, Father God, that Israel has always been your time clock. How you have used that nation, Lord, determines the judgment that will come on other nations. Those who bless Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. So we bless them, Lord, and we ask for their peace and their prosperity. Jesus, come soon. Take your throne upon Mount Sion. Take your throne and rule the nations so that we might have everlasting peace and joy in your presence. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, amen.